everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by the Tees. So coming up, coming in hot, beauty changes lives at America's Beauty Show for 10-22, April 10th. I'm excited to see what they have in store. It took a hiatus last year, right? As did we all. I mean, let's be real. I mean, that's right. Brutal. Our la- Brutal. Oh, we all took two years. Yeah, we t- <laughs> <laughs> this never ending hiatus. It's good to that see can. that they're back. Damn it. I mean, like, let's make this happen. Trade shows are back in a big way for 2022. And glad that BCL is able to celebrate 10 years of doing the damn thing. Kudos to Linnell Lynch and her team at Beauty Changes Lives, because for the last decade, she has put time and resources and great effort into elevating our profession. Mm-hmm. Not my profession, the profession I admire and love. Um, and so Sunday night of America's Beauty Show, um, it will be the biggest and best ever Beauty Changes Lives experience. Our editorial team is actually documenting um, one of the Wella teams. And so the mentor, <laughs> the mentee through the process. So check out the tease.com. We will be there live highlighting all of the behind the scenes as well. Can't wait. It's going to be so incredible. It will. On last week's episode, we kicked off our brand new series about mental health in the beauty industry, which is obviously incredibly important. Um, And as an industry that's constantly moving, it's important for us to take some time to focus on mental health uh, of both our salon pros and our clients, right? And to start our series off, we talked with Brielle Brown, Brielle being the founder of Anxiety Cosmetics. After struggling with anxiety herself, the name behind Anxiety Cosmetic is close to Brielle's heart. Anxiety Cosmetics is a CBD-infused clean beauty company whose products are paraben-free, cruelty-free, vegan, THC-free, sad, and held to high standards. They are on a mission to start conversations about mental health, beauty, positive self-esteem, and acceptance, but their products are for literally everyone, which is what we are all about here on the Volume Up podcast and on thetees.com. If you like learning more about the industry, those who are enacting change and creating a better world, make sure that you subscribe, rate, review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tees and send in questions to volume up at the tees.com where we will answer them. So go ahead and do that. Please do. And on this week's episode, we talk with Derek Monroe. Derek is a three-time Emmy-nominated hairstylist, as well as the host, creator, and producer of his show, Behind the Scenes Beauty. Derek has proven himself as a talented and versatile hairstylist with exceptional skills working with wigs, extensions, and natural hair textures. He is making waves on his show with guest appearances from June Ambrose, Wendy Williams, Wade Mendez, Oscar James, Raven Simone, and many more. He joins us this week to talk about so many different topics. So make sure to stay on to hear from Derek himself. Can't wait for that. Also, how you doing? I can't do the Wendy Williams thing, but yeah. And is, is she done? Her show's done, right? She's, her, it's, she's not it's a wrap. Yep, like yep, it's yep, a wrap. She's, yeah. she's, she's out she of there. Is thing, it Sherry though. Shepherd's I mean, Sherry Shepherd stepping I mean, in? Yeah. I want to say that some, some strange right. stuff. I don't. Yeah. I can't wait. We, this is going to be a great interview though. Let's not let Wendy overshadow the Indeed. interview with Derek, but before we get to the interview, there's something we should talk about. And that yeah. is what Kelly, that is, Our gal, Ariana Grande, her (laughs) REM beauty is launching chapter two, which I think that's kind of a nifty way of saying my second launch by chapter two, right? Kind of cool. I mean, Um, she's doing the celeb beauty brand thing right, it seems. Like, this is kind of incredible. Chapter two focuses on ultraviolet. So 
I mean, hello, euphoria trend, right? Mm-hmm. Travel through space and time to a world of cosmic illusions and futuristic lust. Graphic eyes, lashes, which, yes, signature to her. Mm-hmm. And extra galactic highlights, which, you know, we I love a highlight, right? <laughs> we, we all know this. So she's focusing on that and also um, the hues of lavender, which are the color of the year. So check it out. Rem Beauty, chapter two. Yeah, go and get that wherever you can. <laughs> Again, she's doing it the right way. Not know, all celeb beauty brands no. are, are the same. Uh, shout out Ariana Grande. Uh, speaking of shouting out Ariana Grande, not anyway. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news, looking into trends, and diving into brands that you don't know but should. And here are some of Kelly and my favorite headlines from thetease.com. First up, trichologist. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a tricky it's word. Yep. Tricky trichologist word. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? <laughs> trichologist Dr. Dominic Berg weighs in on TikTok's hair training trend. If you're someone who stays up to date on the latest TikTok hair hacks, chances are you've been hearing lots about hair training. According to TikTok's hair community, you can reduce how often you wash your hair by quote unquote training it Mm. to clean itself. Now, for anyone who washes their hair daily or at the very least a couple of times a week, this technique probably seems way too good to be true. So can it actually work? Well, on the tease.com, we've turned to trichologist and chief scientist at Avolis Professional, Dr. Dominic Berg, to give us the lowdown on hair training and explain whether there is any truth to this trend at all. So you're going to have to go to the .com and read that article to see what's what. But Kelly, Mm. the question that I've got here for the Volume Up podcast is, would you train your hair? No, absolutely not. I mean, they're not washing their hair for 25 days, first of all. I think the counteractivity of using uh, the dry shampoo is the training is lost on that, right? Unless maybe you don't need to use dry shampoo and then 25 days is a real long time. It's it's a lot. I can't even I, I mean, can't commit. I'm, no. Yeah, no, I'm okay. a psycho. I wash my hair too much. I could never 25 days. That's I'm not gonna say gross, but I couldn't do it for myself. But. So all the power to those TikTok folks. If you're into it. I got to say, do we have too much time on our hands as a society that we're now trying to train our hair? Maybe. I don't know. That's maybe it's a question for the ages. Yep. Go to the tease.com. See what the experts actually have to say about that. We will leave it for them to tell you what to do, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, Next up, something that we're really into on the tease. Phoenix Salon Suites in-house color line colors by Gina has arrived in the UK. So if you are a Brit listening to this podcast and we know that you're out there, you can rejoice because Phoenix Salon Suites hair color line has made its journey across the pond. Finally, as of this month, colors by Gina will officially be available in the UK exclusively at Phoenix's new Manchester location. Shout out Northern England, question mark. With this exciting expansion, UK salon pros will now be able to shop the 60-piece collagen and biotin-enriched hair color collection. And for those that are unaware of the brand, Colors by Gina was founded by celebrity stylist Gina Rivera, who also founded Phoenix Salon Suites, a California-based salon suite franchise that currently has over 300 salon suites nationwide in 33 states. Lots of threes going on. Our popular hair color line is now offered in a color bar within the salon suites UK location. So shout out to everybody involved. Go to thetees.com for more. Kelly, have you tried Colors by Gina? And would you? That's the I question. mean, I would. You I think that 
I mean, I've got to say kudos to her for like totally monetizing the experience, right? So mm-hmm. she's got 300 locations. She probably oh. is like, hey, I can provide a solution that is exclusive to Phoenix Salon Suites, probably at a really good price point to our pros that are there. And so I would, I'm really curious to see how this nets out for them because she's definitely the first in the salon suite space to have a custom hair color line for the suite space. So, you know, color conversion is hard trying to get someone to switch, but I think if it's right there with you every day, um, I'm excited for her and to see what happens. We love that. Mm-hmm. Next up, before we switch over to the interview, which is what you're all here for, is our article, Everything That You Need to Know About America's Beauty Show 2022. We have been lucky to have Frank Folco on the podcast to talk about it, but we've written this up on thetease.com as well. You guys, we are excited that trade shows are back. We talked about BCL at the top of the podcast. Now we're talking ABS. Get excited. America's Beauty Show will be returning so soon that we can hardly wait The must-attend Beauty Extravaganza, which is hosted by Cosmetologist Chicago, will be taking place on April 9th to the 11th. We just talked about this at the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont, Illinois. So not Chicago, but very nearby. Um, And if you plan on attending this year's show, just know that you're in for a jam-packed weekend full of beauty, inspiration, and endless education, which is what we all love, let's be honest. So Kelly, what are you looking forward to most about ABS 2022? I'm excited to see all my people again in person, right? Exactly. I mean, last year was the first year that they were in Rosemont and I liked the experience. I think it was different from downtown Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that the big brands are coming back for this show Mm -hmm. and I hope for the ABS and cosmetologist Chicago team that it is a wild success because they are great people, great team dedicated to our industry. So everybody check out, attend America's Beauty Show that is happening on April 9th. Can't wait. All right, Kelly. So much going on with tease.com, like there always is. Mm-hmm. Go over there, listeners, please check it out. You'll be inspired. We're inspired every day. We're proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, an interview with Derek Monroe, a three-time Emmy-nominated hairstylist as well as the host, creator, and producer of his very own show. Hi, I'm Brittany Pierre. I'm the social media editor at The Tease. So if you see me around on the page, say hi. I was lucky enough to talk to Derek Monroe, the host of Behind the Scenes Beauty on YouTube. We had so much fun, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Stick around and hear more. Hello, everyone. We have Derek Monroe with us today. How are you, Derek? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Um, Tell us a little bit about your career and all that good stuff so our audience are aware of you. Okay. So uh, my name is Derek Monroe. I'm a hairstylist of over 25 years. It's the only career I've known. I graduated high school with my license. I took it in a vocational class in high school. So I graduated with my license and I've owned a salon. Um, I later moved to LA and that's sort of how I started into celebrity world just by being in a salon associated with celebrities. I then moved back to Virginia where I'm originally from. Sorry, I don't think I said that. And um, (laughs) 
I owned a salon for another seven years until I started getting um, people that I had met in L.A. were people that were here in New York. And so they would um, tend to invite me up to New York from time to time. And so I had the opportunity to come to the Wendy Williams show one day and they introduced me to some of the people there and they started using me to work in their guest department. And so then I started working with different people from different agencies and assisting them. And one of the guys named Teddy Charles, which was this hairstylist that did a lot of editorial work, invited me to be his full-time assistant, got me here to New York. And as a result of that, he hired someone else and I was still left here to work in New York. But then um, it worked out and I'm not mad. (laughs) (laughs) I basically became a hairstylist here in New York now. And um, I've three Emmy nominations. I have a YouTube show called Behind the Scenes Beauty. And I also work with different brands. So I I guess that's somewhat of an introduction. Yes. Uh, So tell me a little bit about how that transition from being owning a salon to jumping in as a freelance hairstylist. Cause I'm sure that's just like completely different of like having, um, being managing a salon and then going into being a freelancer kind of. Well, the beautiful thing is um, assisting and learning. When I was in LA and I worked in the salon, you would tend to go out with the more seasoned stylist and be their assistant. So you learn set etiquette, which I think is very important. And I think it's a lost art for what is happening now with social media. People are finding these hairstylists and they're just bringing them into the world. They're not knowing their worth as far as like what I should charge or even how I should act, you know, and a lot of them are, enamored with the whole fact that they're working with celebrities. So they don't really understand that there's a culture to it. So for me, I had already learned from people that I had worked with. So I knew not to try to be talkative. You don't try to make the person your friend, you know, like you go in, you do your work, you do your work to your best ability and you go home and, you know, you study and brush up on your trends. And so I was well prepared for that by the time it had happened, you know? So, yeah. What advice would you give to people who are listening who are trying to get into being a a celebrity hairstylist that might not know those ins and outs? Is there like a place they can look out for or? You know what? Being a celebrity hairstylist, people always ask that question, like, how do you become a celebrity hairstylist? And to be honest, I don't really know if there is like a path per se, because for everyone, it's different. A lot of people, it's really about placement and where you are like a lot of people want to be celebrity hairstylists but live in Timbuk, arizona like or you know wherever and they assume that one day these doors will open up and it's basically about putting yourself so if you want to work with celebrities you then have to either move to la new york or atlanta right possibly chicago because they do shoot shows or television shows there and for me back when i was starting out I went to a salon that was frequented by celebrities. You know what I'm saying? Um, It's different now. It's so different now because now the stylists go to the celebrity. The celebrities used to go to the salon. They don't even do that anymore. Now they just meet them at their home. And, you know, so it's not the whole to do and to die that you used to know about. But um, I used to go, you know, so I would 
place, you know, I would go to a salon and try to be an assistant, just a shampoo board, because you you just want to get into that, you know, area in that arena. Um, but like now, to be honest, it's like, I guess what I would say is go to agencies and really just ask to be put on the assistant list. And, you know, that way, any kind of jobs that come up, you continually learn the culture, but also you become so familiar and that they see your work ethic that when it's time that the stylist, you know, the main stylist that is the star doesn't show up, you're always next in line and they trust you. They know that you will do the same type of work that they will do and they trust you with their clients and you just become in the mix that way. Normally that's, that's the route. That's such great advice. Thank you for sharing that. Um, let's get in a little bit into your career with um, working with Project Runway and Wendy Williams. You said that you began at Wendy Williams. How was that experience for you? Well, I worked in the guest department, but it was it was mind blowing because I came from a salon and it was crazy because you finally see your your work on a bigger platform. You're used to, you know, you're doing your clients and they're so excited and they're taking their pictures and they're talking about their hair. But this was a moment that you saw something that you did that will live forever walking across the screen. I remember the first celebrity that I did on her show was Stacey Dash, ironically. Um, <laughs> and she was like the first, like she came in, shampoo. So it was like me doing her hair from from beginning oh, to wow. end, not just touching it up. It was like the whole style was me. And I just remember just being so proud of it. But um, it was a great opportunity. I never worked with Wendy, but from there, I met all of Wendy's team and all of Wendy's people. And because I had done a lot of their, they would have these fashion shows where she would pull out the Wendy fan. Mm -hmm. That basically parlayed me into how I got to Project Runway because so the YouTube show that I do now is something that I've always had a, a passion to do back in 2009, 10. And so um, I started following this guy named Johnny Lavoy, who I saw on E! News. And I was like, I would love to talk to him. And so I started following him and he had just gotten a job at L'Oreal as their lead hairstylist. And as the lead hairstylist, he was leading out the team for Project Runway. And so he had posted on his Facebook page one Sunday morning that he was looking for people to be on the team. And I sent him a message and I said, when do we start? And he was like, you're very presumptuous. And he was like, well, let me see your work. And he was like, well, we don't fly people and we ain't putting people. I was like, look, give me the opportunity and I'll make it work. And he gave me the opportunity. And so that's how I started Project Runway. I did it for like five seasons. How was that? That's such a great story, by the way. But like, how was working on Project Runway? Because I'm sure like, it's challenging with how that show is compared to doing Wendy Williams or The View. Project Runway was perfect experience. Like, it's funny how everything sort of makes you better for the next thing that you're going to do. And Project Runway built me in speed because Project Runway is very true to the actual, what you see on television is true. So when they bring those competitors in and they say, hey, you've got an hour in the hair and makeup room, you literally have an hour in that hair and makeup room and you're splitting what was a small, tiny space, which was half hair, half makeup. And what we would have to do was listen to what Johnny was being told for what he was doing on camera. And he just ship them to us. And you have to make that look happen in 20 to 30 minutes or, you know, and you may have a little time after they got dressed and waited in line to 
walk the runway, but literally you only had 20 or 30 minutes. And it could be a moment where they were like, oh, I want my my model to have hair, you know, down her back. Or I want her to have 10 braids and you'd have to make that happen. So Johnny was a great person to learn from. I call him like the, the MacGyver of hair. He knew how to like think quick on his feet and how to make it happen and get the job done. So it sort of worked that muscle in me. And so it was it was a great opportunity for me to learn in quick situations where you have clients that they're running late and they need to look great in 10 minutes. What do you do? And so you just learn these quick hair tricks and stuff on how to make it happen fast. So. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you learned a lot, but I'm sure it was chaotic. Um, <laughs> but props to you. Um, talk a little bit about like ha- being nominated for an Emmy. You said you were nominated three times. How was that whole experience for you? You know what? The first time you're you're excited and you're like, because you can't really believe it. I'm from a small town, um, like population, maybe like 700 people. Or something. Like, it's not a lot. And so um, we had like one stoplight. So to go from just being a hairstylist that was doing hair on Saturday mornings for people at your high school to being in a, a place where you are noticed by the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences is is a major accomplishment. And um, when the first time, it is great to just be nominated. Now the second and the third time, now you're like, oh, it's cute, but now I really want the trophy. So um, <laughs> I'm very appreciative. And I could act all for it, but no, I, I'm ready to win. So um, yeah. But um, okay. it still is a, it, it still is a great privilege to have even been accepted or even you know, noticed, you know. So it's been it's been amazing. Definitely, yeah. We're gonna put that on the universe so you can get that trophy. It's time. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> um, can we talk a little bit about hair trends? What hair trends do you think is like is happening right now when it comes to hair with celebrities and you know locals as well? Um. Hair trends, you know what, with me and hair trends, I feel like it's all about the person. Like, they come out with these things and, and call it a hair trend, but it's just something we were just doing two and three years ago. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it. it at this point now, it just constantly rotates, um, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> into the same thing. You know, I, it's so funny. When I look at videos with, like, Cardi B and, and Meg Thee Stallion, I remember us doing those hairstyles, like with the updos and everything. Yes, with the yes. updos the, that were like prom updos that people wore for everyday looks. And yes. So now that when I see that that's their cover of the the single, and I'm like, wow, how things. I, it wasn't that long ago, and for now I'm really feeling old because I'm like, wow, I've seen something recycle. You know, that's it doesn't good. feel new to me. Um, but like, I, I don't know when I tried to think about this like when it comes to hair trends I, I mean it's all relative you know I think I'm one of those people I do look at the fashion shows and I, I look at what the artists are doing and I try to recreate some of that stuff for some of the people on the view for Sarah which who I do on the view um and I, I mean I like sleek but I, I'm also a person that I love a classic blowout you know, I love movement in hair. I think for celebrities of color, they are trying to really embrace their natural hair. A lot of them are really embracing natural textures where 
a lot of times there was this whole, you know, trying to keep these sleek, straight weaves and, and looks. And I think now people are really just embracing the textures that they have and really just enjoying who they are as women and men, you know, um, too. So I, I would say the trend is more acceptance of what your hair is doing on its own, basically. Yeah, which is really great because definitely did not see that growing up. And now I'm able to like wear my hair like this and be proud of it. Yes. Um, is there a look, a hairstyle that you are just like, I can't do this style anymore. Like I, I'm constantly being asked to do this and it's getting on my nerves. I, it's not, I mean, okay. It's not something that I'm asked a lot of, but it's something the lace front wig. Mm. Um the sad part is I don't think it's going anywhere because how it helps to maintain the health of hair, True, yeah. um, people's natural hair, if they take the time to take care of their hair. Right. But um, at the same time, something that started out more in a theatrical area, then transformed into more of a celebrity area, then now has turned into a consumer area. I don't know if I love the fact that consumers have gotten a hold of it because the look of it on consumers is overdone. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't do any more baby hairs, like extra baby. Hair. Like I'm so over baby hair. Um, like I like it, but I just feel like when it comes to like the wigs and stuff, it's like, I, as soon as I see it, I'm like, ah, wig, <laughs> you know, like, you know, if you're going to do it, I just want you to at least learn or just not be so dramatic with it. Like do it simple, a light or something, but just the extra yeah. I'm over baby hair. Yeah, I, I definitely feel you on that, which is funny because I was going to bring up there was one day Sarah on The View did have like a little bit of a baby hair on the side. It's like my favorite look of hers. She had like um, hoop earrings and yeah. wearing a jean um, outfit. But yeah. it looks so good on her. That's one of my favorite looks on her. Thank you. Now, don't get me wrong. I love how people take their baby hair and make it a design and stuff right. and all of that. That I don't mind. But I just feel like when it comes to the wigs, like I just want us to get a little bit better at learning how to camouflage if we're going to do it. And once again, I don't know if I love that consumers have gotten a hold of it. You know, we saw... You know, sadly, we saw Beyonce start this trend of these lace fronts and everybody was like, how do I get in there? I was like, oh, right. switch paying this money for it. And everybody tried. To, and so the recreation of it is always, you know, <laughs> the baby hairs are starting to look like a little like Michael Jackson. You know how you yes. had like the baby hair sleeked and it's just it's, it's getting a little bit. Yeah, more. it's a little out of control. So let, let's take it back. So, yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite look that you've done over the year? I know you said you were really proud of doing Stacey Dash, but is there a look that you keep? But wait a minute. I'm not proud. That was a proud moment of seeing. It wasn't like doing Stacey Dash. It actually was because I grew up watching Clueless and it was one of my favorite movies. So that was the moment. But when I think of like favorite looks, um, you know, I recently did a variety cover with Whoopi, and that was a favorite because we used textured wigs that was different from her wearing her locks that she's so iconically known for. So for her to be like, hey, bring, you know, some different hair and like, let's see, let's play around. 
And for us to come up with that look, that was that was a moment for me because I knew people saw her differently, you know, in a different way because she'll do it for a part. But for her to do it where it was representing her and the article was about her and it wasn't like, oh, this character, you know, that was a moment. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that that was a great spread. I I love that one as well. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your show behind the scenes. How did you come up with the idea? You said you've been wanting to do it, but what really put you into thinking about, let me do it now? Well, when I started it, it was just like, let me just see if I can do it. Mm. Uh, It was more of a challenge to myself. But I have behind the scenes beauty is something, like I said, since 2009, I had always wanted to do um, because I grew up watching uh, behind the music and Lifetime's Real Women and all these shows that sort of told these people's stories. And, you know, to hear people's triumphs as well as their failures, I think, helps us all. People's testimony, you know, in church, we the Bible even says, you know, I'm a little church. Uh, The Bible tells us that we overcome by the word of our testimony. And I think that that's how we grow off of each other by you telling some of the things you went through as well as some of the things, you know, that I went through. And so it basically helps me along my journey. So if you're telling your story as a host and you tell me you went to 10 places and 10 people told you no, but then this amazing opportunity opened up here and this one person and it took you to stardom. It encourages me that when I hear those no's that I realize no doesn't mean never. It just means not you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, with behind the scenes beauty, I wanted to, my whole life is to like, how do I better the people around me and what energy am I giving out and how am I making the people feel? So with that, I want to give beauty and all of that stuff, but I also want to encourage people on their journeys. And I want people to feel encouraged and that just how so-and-so did it, you can do it too. Because when I started out, there was no blueprint. Like going to LA, there was no there was no one to tell me how they got, like you're asking me how to become a celebrity. There was no one to tell you. You didn't really know. There weren't any avenues or any type of uh, materials for you to figure it out. So hopefully through Behind the Scenes Beauty, people are encouraged, inspired, and it gives them a little um, energy to go on to their journey. Have you ever had like journalism uh, background? Like, did you go to school for journalism at all? No, not at all. (laughs) Okay, but your interviewing style is amazing. Like, I was wondering, like, oh, did you go to journalism school at one point? Or it's great. Thank you. I I appreciate that. What I think is, once again, I think God places you in places and the view helps. Like, Mm -hmm. I pay attention. It's so funny because now I work with L'Oreal and some of the content stuff that we've been doing requires me to read off teleprompter. Mm. When I'm at The View, I sit there and when Whoopi's teleprompter is going up, I'm reading it just to see how well I would flow with the teleprompter. Um, Watching them and seeing how they navigate those conversations, you pick up. So I think God places you in position for your next position. And Mm. so your your responsibility is to absorb everything. And, and I want people to really get that because even in what you think is horrible situations, absorbs the education of that situation so that when you go to what God has for you next, 
you'll be prepared and you don't even realize how you'll use it. And so I think learning to watch people in a talk show host space Mm -hmm. has helped me do my own. Yeah, I mean, you're really great at it. People are so vulnerable and open with you. I think it's really great to have that ability. So I think it's great. (laughs) Um, Can you tell us a little bit about some of your favorite guests that you've had on the show? Um, You know what is interesting? I do the show in a way of like people that I just am. I enjoy and I feel like they have something to contribute. So I don't know if I could say like there's one person, you know, that is like a pinpointed person that who's interviewed because I take something away from everyone. Um, I recently did an interview with Miss Lawrence um, and to see their progression from a hairstylist to an actor and a singer. And in our conversation for them to talk about how they always wanted to do that, but didn't feel like that there was a place for them because of his femininity and the way he dressed and the way he presented himself to the world. He never thought that there would be a space for that. Mm-hmm. So to see him go this route because it was an accepted space, he, he did hair because that was a place where he could wear his clothes and mm-hmm. do his hair and all that. And it wouldn't be uh, scrutinized. And then God opens up a door where he gets to now still be all of that and now uses other gifts of being able to sing and act. So, you know, that and um, it's so many of them, I mean, (laughs) you know, that I take away. But that one is more recent. But like, you know, I love talking to Sergio because Sergio's a small town guy and see how his taste and, and and how he's grown this business and how he's dressing the first lady. And you come from being a person in South Carolina and and trying out for a show. He started out on a reality show that initially turned him away. And then they called him back and then he wins the show. Like it's these triumphant ones. So I, I think I take something away from all of them, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I take something away from all. Uh, my personal favorite, maybe because I'm biased because I love Wendy Williams, but Wendy Williams' interview with you was pretty um, amazing because she was so open with you. But I also love the fact that you asked her about um, the notes she left in her wig. Yeah. I always loved that and so sad that she doesn't do that anymore. But um, how was interviewing Wendy, actually? So Well, first of all, even though I started out at Wendy, I had no real interaction with Wendy. Not only did it, it wasn't even like, because, you know, like at The View, you might not work with Whoopi, but you have interaction because you might be there and you see her around. Yeah. Wendy was someone I never had real interaction with. I And she knew who I was because she came to our show. I'm very good friends with her makeup artist. Well, her whole glam team, but her makeup artist, Morel Hollis, which actually was one of the person that pushed when she was doing her press, it was like, hey, you got to do behind the scenes beauty, which I'm so grateful for. Wow. So when he did that, first of all, I was nervous as crap because you're interviewing Wendy Williams, the queen of talk, you know, and you have someone that you feel like is doing you're doing what she does. So she's judging what you're doing. So you feel yeah. some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, but And so I really, I felt like, I guess I was expecting her to be on guard. I was prepared to feel like I had to do this dance. 
And when she just started just talking and releasing, I was like, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> but I was so grateful. And it was it was an amazing it was an amazing interview. It was one of my favorite. And then I'm so it's one of those things that I'm so proud of in this time because it was one of the you know, it was right before her she's not been able to do her show so i i take that as like a portion of 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 a treasure for me to be able to know that i had this opportunity to interview her and to always have it and to look at it and to be able to celebrate her because it was a moment where i got to tell her how amazing she was she's one of the few people that can get in front of a camera and just talk right and not have an audience but just give you what she's thinking. And it sounds you're entertained and you'll right. sit there and listen for an hour mm-hmm. off of what she's thinking in her head, you know? And so there's no one like her and I wish her the best. And I pray that she's in good health and great spirits. Yeah, I agree with you. And um, there would be no celebrity bloggers if there wasn't Wendy Williams. She paved the way for that, you know? Yes, she definitely did. And all of them are just imitators now, you know, to a degree. It just all, and it all feels like everybody's, trying to be windy you know yes very much so so i definitely hope that she knows that she's loved and getting all the flowers that she deserves right now for sure Um, so how do you um hope that behind the scenes beauty is impacting other black individuals when they watch your show whether it's creators or actors or hairstylists um i'm hoping that they see see themselves and and that's why i call it behind the scenes beauty and it's not just a hair thing Mm -hmm. because I think there's beauty in the journey. And so I'm hoping that they're appreciating the beauty that comes in their journey, that we're always focused on the destination, but the real, you know, and that that's even when it comes to, if you're a hairstylist, a makeup artist, and a person that works in this business, when you, when you're putting that person together to go out before the people, whether it be for a photo shoot, a red carpet or whatever, the beauty is the creativity of everyone harmonizing together mm. for a common good. And it's that journey and that buildup that's really amazing. And so I'm hoping that people are walking away with that. that they're being encouraged by, you know, a person like a Wade Menendez, that's a barber that took what most people only like the whole dream and hope is a barbershop where he's made it a book. He's, on talk shows he's you know he's giving classes and he's he's monetizing it in a way where he's making it this huge huge business and brand and so i'm hoping people are inspired to take what someone else is doing take the baton and make it even bigger you know um a a person that may be a model like a cynthia bailey that thinks like you're in the last part of your modeling career and here comes something else and even when i interviewed her she was just now leaving Housewives. So she was in that space of like, what's next? But to see, she just start, did an acting role on a Lifetime movie. So I'm hoping people are like seeing that, don't be discouraged. Even though things seem like it's not coming together right now, it's coming together. You just got to hold on. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. And as a Black hairstylist, I'm sure you have face a lot of challenges in the industry that should be aware of. Can you share a little bit of any adversities that you've experienced? I think a lot of it is just people not thinking 
people limiting you. People for black hairstylists, people don't realize when we go to beauty school, we learn on white mannequins, especially when I was going to school. We didn't learn black hair. Black hair is what we learn within our community. Mm. But when it came to education, they teach you European hair. Everything is how you cut straight hair, how you style, how do you perm, like all of that stuff. So I think people limit you and people think Mm. that because you're a black hairstylist, you only know how to do black hair and they only bring you on to do the black clients. Um, But so I've had those moments where people push you to the side. And what's funny is I've even been a black hairstylist working for a major hair company doing a commercial and seeing them hire white hairstylists that had black assistants. Mm. So you got to realize because of their book, they are, you know, they, they giving you this, they're, they're multi, you know, they can do all hair textures, but what they're smart is at, they're not doing the hair. They bring in on these black assistants to do the hair. Then they get up there and tweak it and whatever. Mind you, they've made the deal for the $30,000 or whatever that, and then they're paying the assistant probably $500 for the day, you know? So it's, I've seen all of that. So I'm, I'm hoping the day will come where we're not limited to only just doing black hair. Um, I'm excited for the people like the Lacey Redways that are representing Tresemme, which is a huge company. She's a black woman, but she's representing it on a global scale. So I'm excited for people like her that are getting these opportunities. But I think there definitely has to be more. Definitely. Um, And how did you navigate with that? I know that has to be a struggle for you to be like, um, I can do it all. Why am I only being um, sought after for just this? Like, how did how did you deal with that eternally? Well, I mean, I'm a person of faith, so I'm one of those people that I think things have to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also have to show people and you have to just believe that your time will come and you'll be able to show that you're much more than that. And I thank God that those opportunities came about, you know, um, and that there were people that didn't limit you. You know, when I started at The View and Sarah would be like, Derek, I want to see what you would do with my hair, you know? And so I was like, okay, you know, and we were those people, you know, that were like, you would try different stuff and everything isn't a hit and everybody don't love it. And some people say it's too black. And that's that's another thing too, that like, that line of appropriation or like who owns the rights to what it yeah. styles and all these things. And I get it all. And it's just, I need us to figure it out though, because yeah. there are certain things I'll do and they'll just be like, Oh, like if you put extensions in her hair, I will get messages where, Oh, you're trying to make her look too black girl or oh. I, I've gotten, <laughs> I have gotten all of that. So it's just interesting how people through lenses, people see. So you really have to, um, how have I handled it? You just have to build a tough skin. You just have to keep your focus and know what you're doing and what your purpose is and just create the art that is within you, you know? Yeah, definitely. And do you have any stylists that are out right now that you really admire what they do? I admire, well, okay, so... The OGs, which is Chuck Amos and um, 
Chucky Amos and, and, and Oscar James, because they are the pioneers, but they're also still just as relevant today. They haven't skipped a beat. I don't look at their work and think, ah, they should hang it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had the opportunity to interview them on Behind the Scenes Beauty. And it was because I remember watching, you know, looking at to find out that they were the ones that were doing all the hair on the dark and lovely boxes and the color boxes. And I remember being in the salon and people bringing in the box and saying, I want this haircut. Yeah, I want this haircut and this color. Yeah. And just how much they really had inspired and and made an impression on the black community on a global scale. Cause you know, people everywhere are taking these haircuts and these looks and wanting you to recreate them. And it's because of them. So um, they are people that I love. And like, I love Nick Nim, Nikki Nims. And there's another um, young lady, Nikki B, which is a nurse. And it's not even hair is not even a full-time thing, but she's just amazing. I love people that are creative and know how to walk that fine line between everyday and um, editorial. Mm. So, and I feel like those are people that do it. Like Ursula Stevens, uh, of course, I appreciate her. Um, it's, it's a lot of them that I, I just think are out here killing it. And I appreciate them. Jawara, who is um, now an editor at I I don't even want to say, I think he's an editor at ID, but he does all the fashion shows, a lot of the major fashion shows now. So yeah, those are, you know, and I love that about him because he's in that space where, you know, it's not a lot of black yeah. hairstylists leading out fashion shows, you know, and it's normally the same people all the time, every year for all these fashion shows. So to see him be able to be a part of that lineup, is very exciting. Nice. Yeah, that's great to hear. And we come to the part of the show where we're going to ask you some quick questions. Okay. Then you give us a quick answer for them. Okay. What quote do you love? Um, and you know what? Y'all had given me this question to, to <laughs> think of <laughs> so that I would be quicker with it. But I could not think of a quote that I love. Um, you know, in do in um all things will happen in due season. So yeah. maybe, yeah. That's a good one, I think. Uh, what was your last Google search? Erica Campbell, because I've been, I, I do all my, my pull-ups for Behind the Scenes Beauty. So she's, on, she's the next gospel singer, Erica Campbell, from Mary Mary. So because mm -hmm. she's on my next episode, I've been Googling her all day for different pictures and stuff. So, yeah. Great. I can't wait to see that interview when it drops. <laughs> Okay. What cringiest trend you've tried? Okay, so like when I was maybe like 22 years old and I wanted locks, I went to this lady to try to get lock extensions and she put these spiral curls in my hair with like hair glue. And I, I was like, that's what it's going. She was like, no, no, it's going to look fine. And they were literally synthetic spiral curls. And I remember running to one of my friends, I was like, because I was so embarrassed and I was running and they were springy, like, like telephone cords. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a little bit like Shirley Temple almost. I looked like I was on the good ship lollipop, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> She's wrong for that. She's really wrong for that. She was. She set me up. I mean, I literally put it in and took it out. So, yeah. 
What animal are you most like? A giraffe, because I'm six foot four. I don't know if you can tell it, but I'm six foot four. So I can always look over everything (laughs) and I'm unaffected by anything below me. (laughs) Yeah, I could not tell that you were six four. Wow, I'm jealous. Uh, What is one product you cannot live without? Now, that's funny because it depends. Like, are we talking for me personally on my hair or are we talking about like for my clients? If we're talking about for me. Oh, yeah. So now I'm big on like root touch up spray because I'm like with my color. I'm always like touching up my roots. So root touch up spray is something I can't live without. (laughs) (laughs) And um, for my clients, I just love dried dry shampoo and dry texture sprays. I just love movement in hair and stuff like that. So I love those kind of a spray. Yeah. Okay. I have a question about dry shampoo. Now, as a black girl with natural hair, can I also use dry shampoo? You can. And they have, now they have, um, Dark and Lovely has one, actually. Mm-hmm. When, when I, I, I don't work with them anymore, but I used to work with them and they have a dry shampoo for uh, natural hair. And also, um, there are a lot of other lines that have colored shampoo so it's not the white you can get it in browns and stuff so definitely i think yeah okay i'm gonna look into that because i definitely have tried it once and it was just like white white, yeah yeah. it looked like it was growing gray yeah (laughs) olive um what is that olive oil or whatever i think they they used to make a great one that was in a brown um Mm -hmm. i don't know if they even make it anymore because i don't ever see it but i i got it one day in a kit and it was it was great Okay, I'll have to check that out. And the last one, what advice do you give to anyone that's listening to make it to the top in your industry? Um, To just be consistent, have a great personality. I always say your personality will carry you places talent won't. I've seen a lot of people that weren't amazing hairstylists, but they were great people and they made their clients feel good. And a lot of times... People don't understand if you're in a celebrity situation, those are high pressure situations and moments. Mm -hmm. So people hire people that make them feel safe, that they can depend on for their business. You know, their personal business don't get out and that, you know, the the person has their back. And so Mm -hmm. you couple that with great talent and studying up, studying up on your craft. You, you will go leaps and bounds in this industry. That's always good to hear. And I feel like most people think it's only the talent, but it's definitely oh, um, no. your personality and, and people trusting you. So, yeah. Yeah, because right people want to see you win. You know what I'm saying? They're, if you And that's just sometimes being yourself, like not trying to be the star. I think a lot of people, because people, what celebrity hairstyling, is now is not what it was you know what i'm saying um it's sort of gotten muddy because of social media so now the celebrity hairstylist is the celebrity so now they're it's what they are wearing and where they're going in private plane and all of this and that's cute and all and i get it and i yada yada but the truth of the matter is you have to be prepared to give up your life because you're living in someone else's life you know what i'm saying like your schedule, especially let's say you work with a Beyonce, you better plan your life around Beyonce's tour, Beyonce's uh, award season, Beyonce, like your life is dependent on that. And a lot of times 
you stick with everything. You cancel everything because it's gotten to the point. You don't want to miss a day because you're scared the day that you don't show up. Someone else is going to come in to fill in for you and take your spot. So, (laughs) so you also have to believe that what's for you is what's for you. So I hope somebody got anything out of that part. (laughs) I mean, I totally agree with that. Like if you don't show up for something, someone else can take your spot and, and that was one thing Wendy Williams always said. She was like, I'm going to work every day. So every day. And, look, the, and as soon as she didn't go to work, look, <laughs> man, they gave her a show to share shop. See, she told the truth. <laughs> <laughs> she told the truth. She did. And we are witnessing it. Yeah. They give you one or two days. <laughs> and, you know, and it's sad because I know hairstylists and makeup artists that will refer someone that isn't good. Mm. just so that they can secure their spot. I'm not that person, but I've seen, and I know people, they'll be like, mm-mm, you'd be like, oh, why are you refer so-and-so? Uh-uh, because they'll be <laughs> and have my client. And I'm not that, I, I mean, I'm one of them people, I believe. The funny thing is, it has happened to me, but oh. <laughs> it's one of them things, I'm one of those people that have said, you know what, if, if, you belong, if you were supposed to be my client, then you were supposed to be my client. And so- if it's time for us to part ways, it's just time for us to part ways. I'm not going to live my life in that space, you know. Well, I do like that we got a little bit of tea in there. Yes. <laughs> well, Derek, it's been so much fun talking with you and learning more about behind the scenes beauty and your career. And I am rooting for you to get another Emmy nomination. And hopefully you Thank get the- you. I actually submitted for behind the scenes beauty this year. So... I submitted for hair, but I also submitted for show, and I wrote our theme song, so I actually Ooh. submitted. Oh, wow. Okay. We'll, we'll see what happens when those nominations come out. Okay. I'm rooting for you. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I mean, he gives a new meeting to behind-the-scenes beauty. I mean, talk about versatility, right? I mean, first of all, nominated, Emmy nominated hairstylist. That's a tongue twister. Um, And then those guests that he talks about. So, so interesting. So fun. Thanks to Derek for being on. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at read the tease and send in questions to volume up at the tease.com. Volume up is a tease media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.